Hello, friends. Today we're talking to Mimi Fredrickson, and I have known Mimi for a long time now, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. Mimi is in a space where she has worked for over 35 years in early childhood development and recently made a shift to entrepreneurship and being of service in a different way. And I think there's a lot of people that are in that space of figuring out their next step from what was maybe a 40 or 50 hour a week career into something that feels more satisfying and that has more longevity. And I loved this conversation. I know you will too. Let's get into it. Mimi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cass. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So a few weeks ago, I put out a call on social media and gave a laundry list of things that I was interested in talking about. And one of the things that popped up was this idea of career transitioning, considering retirement, looking at different ways in which we work. And you raised your hand for that. And I was so excited because I know that you've been in a lot of different transition points in your career all with a a note of being of service. So give us a little trajectory, if you could. I went through my latest transition back in June of 2022. That sounds like it was just yesterday and it may have been, but to me, it feels like I've been through this journey. I have transitioned before, but it's been within my field. I've been in the field of early childhood education for 35 years And back in June of 2022, probably like a lot of people and their fields, we were so affected by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I saw the field of early childhood and childcare just being decimated. And we were trying to do assessments. I was working for the state of Georgia. We were trying to do assessments virtually. We were getting ready to go back out into the field. And at the same time, I was actually diagnosed with osteoarthritis and my job going back out in the field required me to stand five, six hours at a time, holding a tablet, assessing classrooms three, four days a week. And physically that wasn't going to be possible. And I just felt it was time for me me to take a look at my career and the field and say, am I doing any good anymore? Can I do what I used to do. And I had been at the pinnacle of my career. I had been a national presenter. I had traveled nationally to consult and I was a government subcontractor and I was really proud of everything I did, but I had to make the difficult decision to basically retire and leave the field. And so that was pretty crushing, but I'm a positive person. So I said, okay, let's take a break for a month or so and let's figure this out. And I took the summer and I just said, what are my passions? What are my skill sets that can be transferred to something else? And I knew that something else had to be self-employment or building my own small business because I, I couldn't work for a company and have those requirements or work 40, 50 hours a week like I had. So that was basically where I stood at the precipice and said, okay, are we going to do this? Can we run a small business? I had been a consultant before privately, but this is a whole different, what do I want to do with my passions? That was my next step is what are my passions? I love working with people. 
and I love organizing and I love making people's lives easier for them. And then I just narrowed it down and I found a mentor. I'll get into that later, but I just hyper-focused and that's how I created my business. I want to just highlight a couple of pieces in here, Mimi, because a lot of people are in the space of recovering from the after impacts, the aftershocks of COVID. And then there's new asks and, and people are in this place of, do I want to proceed from here? And you took that beat in there to say, I'm willing to consider that it's something else. And the people that are just listening don't know that when you were like retirement with an air quote, it's, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot of humans who have been high performing throughout their career as you have been, who are eager to retire in the kind of version of retirement that was modeled for you by mm -hmm. parents and grandparents. I think that a lot of high performers are looking for a better next step than a direct to retirement step. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. I, when I said in air quotes, retired from the field, I immediately turned it into a positive And I said, that was my 35 years wearing a particular coat. And I'm not ready to give up the coat. I'm not ready to be retired as our parents may have once done or people talked about retirement. So I had to take that next step because I still wanted to work. I still wanted to contribute. Yes. And I love that you were willing to consider it might be in a different field. It might be in a different company. It might be in a different place. But at the end, you decided I'm going to open my own business. What led you to that entrepreneurial space? So I mentioned that I had briefly been a private consultant during a break in employment years ago. And I did that also to be able to work, spend time with my dad who was developing dementia and be a support to my mom, who was his primary caregiver. So I did do private consulting. So I knew what it was to run a business in a sense, not a huge business, but when I thought about, okay, I can do my own business again, but it's going to be totally different. It's not going to be in the field that I knew. So what am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to make muffins? Am I going to, which I would love a cafe someday. So that's a joke <laughs> with my husband, but I just wanted to take the best of me and then be able to provide services to people, have a little money in the bank, but still feel invigorated every day and waking up and yeah. saying, I'm purposeful. I'm so I quickly, I reached out to friends in the area and neighbors of mine said, there's this woman that you have to meet. She is like the Miss Aiken here. She knows anybody and everybody. She's got a great business acumen and she loves mentoring women and helping them grow their own businesses. And I thought, okay. So I got in touch with her. We had coffee, we hit it off. And she just has been my biggest cheerleader with fears of starting in, what am I going to do? Can I do this 
organization business? Can I help people move through life's transitions? And she's just been my biggest cheerleader. And she said, you have everything you need to succeed. We just have to put components in place that you're not used to. I worked with her. I started the business, POM, Planning and Assisting Life's Moves, officially in January of this year. And it'll be a year in a few weeks. And I'm so proud of it. I'm And I'm still ecstatic. I have about five or six clients under my belt, which may not sound like a lot, but I had goals of working 25, 30 hours a week. I had, with my mentor, I had goals of, okay, let's try to get 10 clients in the first year. And then we build on that. Let's try to have two projects going on a month. Met 50, 60% of that. But yeah, that's how it developed. What, if you were to go back to a year ago, that space of deciding, a thread that's run through every conversation that I've had since this new interview series started was the hesitation that we live with before we make a decision. Did you have that? Did you have a time of hesitation? I would say up until I hit the ground running in January of this year, I would meet with my mentor or I would talk with my husband and I would say, maybe I could go back into the fields. Maybe, Maybe I could do some kind of management job. I have management experience. You know, why do I need to do my own business? And that was the, I would say 15% of me that was always holding back. Mm. And those individuals, my husband, my mentor, my friends would say, no, you, you've got this, you can do it. But it was inside me that there was just something about owning my own business and then making it a success, doing the marketing doing the bookkeeping, finding the clients, doing the social media. So I think that was part of that hesitation. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And -hmm. yet I think it's all so important that we, that we do it. I think that there's this idea of we need a lot more help than we need. We'd like a lot more help than we need. And there's something kind of fun about being scrappy and figuring it out as we go. (laughs) There's something fun in there. Mm -hmm. What's been the most surprising piece of starting your own business? Being so proud, taking pride in saying I'm an entrepreneur. I have a brother who um, is in banking and he, part of what he used to do is to promote small businesses across the country. And I would follow him on LinkedIn and I would just see this just bolstering of small businesses. And then I would see the small business owners or the entrepreneurs talk about themselves and the pride. And then I started to develop that pride. My first entree in my job, in my business was to go to an open house for senior citizens and hawk my wares, as they might say. And I just got invigorated. I got excited. I talked to other people who had physical therapy practices or they had just other services and they just beamed when they talked about it. And I just caught that energy. So 
What do you see as the best next step as we head into 2024? I wrote down some thoughts about that. And my next best step is to, I'm confident in what I do. I'm confident in the results that I achieve. There's a, a wider pool that I want to branch out into. I think my business concept was to be able to help people remotely. I'm doing that locally. I'm doing that county by county here. But to be able to reach people remotely who I see struggle or I bump into people who say, oh, my daughter and my son would like to move to a different city for a new job. They have no idea how to start a move. They have no idea how to pack their stuff, how to resource a moving company, et cetera. And so that's something I'm really looking forward to is branching out remotely and just finding out how to approach different age groups, different sectors that can utilize my services. Yeah. I love how it's never, in all of my conversations with entrepreneurs, there's always the next thing that's bringing excitement and challenge and anticipation. I never thought, Cass, that I tried to think globally. No, global, global, right. but East Coast, Southern states, whatever. But I never really thought about branching out into different counties and then the opposite side of the state. And then all of a sudden, as I'm networking, as I'm working with a client who refers me to somebody else. I'm like, Hey, I just got a client in a Northern County. That's it. I guess it opens up your eyes that the successes that you have, you can build upon that, but I don't know that can happen without you having that foundation of I'm comfortable with the results that I've given my clients. And yes, I I can go outside of here because sometimes I think we're so to take that next step, that's a big step in itself. And then really to think about, like my mentor always says, you can go global. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, one step at a time here, but mm-hmm. you can, it does come naturally. It does come naturally. You just have to build upon your successes. Um, I have always thought that if I am curious about the idea I can follow the breadcrumbs to it. I've always felt that way. If I'm curious about the idea, I'll follow the breadcrumbs. And if I'm not curious about the idea, I shouldn't keep following them because I will find myself directly in a trap. Like my curiosity should be that gauge. Yeah, I've had other businesses reach out to me on LinkedIn. I've had people that I bumped into at networking events I had somebody that I really respect in senior services reach out to me about doing different things in a more uh, bigger scope collaboration thing. And it's not that I wouldn't entertain it. It's just like you said, those particular breadcrumbs, I was like, "Mm, not the right path at this time. It's interesting, but I think you have to trust your gut. And then bounce it off of people that you admire and respect and who have that knowledge and just stick in your lane until that lane says, let's go this way. The experience that you have gives you the confidence to, to explore new Mm -hmm. places. 
there's a lot of entrepreneur, I don't even know what the right word is, propaganda. I'm going to call it propaganda. That is six-figure business, seven-figure business, grow, scale bigger, bring on a bigger team. And I hate it. I hate it so yeah. much. I I look yeah. at work and I'm thinking, I want it to be right-sized to mm-hmm. match the energy and the time that I want to give it in this season of life. If you're open to it, you mentioned briefly that you supported your parents as your dad was diagnosed with dementia and your mom was primary caregiver. I'd love to yeah. tap into there because I think, I know for me, I'm seeing more of the people that I respect and admire step into caregiving roles pretty quickly after they're done caregiving for their own children. And it's a lot. And I'm curious if you'd share how you yeah. navigated that. Yeah. So that's, that was part of the impetus for starting the business that I started instead of making muffins. <laughs> I just reflected back on my passion for working and I don't even I hate to say working, spending time with my dad, but I did work with my mom and I did work with my dad to navigate through dementia. And those once or twice a week trips, I lived about an hour from them to be there and take my dad out and have conversations with him or do little things for my mom to give her some respite. That to me is just priceless. And those are the memories that kind of, I just stored away. And I said, you know what? I was really good at that. I was really patient. I was really useful. I was purposeful. And it just so happened that current day, one of my clients this year was a son and a daughter who had aging parents and they're, they were in, they're in their mid to late forties, lived in another state, contacted me and their parents actually lived two miles from me in a senior community. Both parents, unfortunately were showing signs of dementia. If you can imagine how scary that is. Yeah. You're both living out of state and your parents are when the next six hours away, a plane ride away, and they had to move into a special assisted care facility for folks with dementia. And so I was tasked with helping them to pack up. That experience working, being with my dad taught me so much that when I worked with these clients, as much work and dedication as it was, my patience reared up again, my understanding, my compassion, little tricks that I learned with my dad carried over. I, I couldn't have done it if I didn't have that experience. Mm. And I felt like that experience, although brief, we literally had to pack them up in a month. Um, but they made a very successful transition to their new um, home and they were very happy. I took pictures of them. It was pretty scary for them. It was scary for their son and daughter because they weren't there until the last minute. So yeah, that, so I have this affinity for working with seniors and I, I can't deny it. My husband will even say, you're just drawn to older people. <laughs> but I really feel that it just being with my dad and having those years with him 
It, it just really helped. And I think you're absolutely right, Cass. There are so many I see now who have raised their children and now they're having to care for their parents and making a lot of different life choices, especially taking that next step. Mm-hmm. Some have had to go from full-time to part-time and either take in their parents or move closer. I feel like we're going to be at a crisis point with that pretty soon because they're just, there aren't enough good options. There aren't enough good options. I look at it with my grandma and my mom. My mom is my grandma's primary caregiver and that's working right now. But how long does that work for and then what? Yep. Navigating that terrain is, it's scary. I, this is the first year that I don't have any children in daycare in 16 years. Teen oh. years. I've had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I look at it and I'm like, it's even more intense to make choices with and for our parents than it is to make the choices with and for our children because they're not a voting party. The children are not a voting party. The kids weren't like, yes, this will do. You know what I mean? They didn't have standards. (laughs) It's really difficult to navigate all of this stuff with a loved one that has Mm -hmm. faculties still. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting that you bring that up because I would definitely agree. We are approaching a crisis situation with the level of senior care and the environments that are available for seniors to transition into. Part of my research for starting my business was touring the senior communities where I live, looking at model senior communities. My mother-in-law lives in a senior community that my father-in-law actually helped to start in Ames, Iowa, in the Midwest. And I say to my husband almost once a week, gosh, I wish we had that type of community here because it's levels of independence. And then as you progress and things downslide or you need to have more assistance, there's so many levels and they're graduated and there's so much support. And yet there's socialization, there's activities, There's a sense of community that even children are invited in. There's apartments where seniors' family members can come and stay. So it's all about family and that full circle. But yeah, that's one of the things that I became very familiar with in my particular area where I live because I wanted to know if I've had people call me and say, I don't know where to send my mom. I don't know where to have her visit. Yeah. So I knew There's, what childcare was. I knew what quality was, but. There feels like a really a nice connection you know. here. Like you've, yeah. you took 35 years of zone of genius work and said, okay, who's the new benefiting party from this huge knowledge base that you have? Like, that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And if you think about it developmentally wise, 
we all, we start out as babies and I, I studied child development. And so I was well-versed in that. And I feel like looking at senior development, it's not so far off because in a way, as we age and even with my father, or let's say some of my neighbors who were in their eighties or nineties, we do tend to regress. They tend to regress. Mm-hmm. And so I see that that progression and, but I always have, it's such a beautiful picture. It's, I've been given this beautiful picture of children for 35 years and nurturing them. And I feel like I'm nurturing seniors now and I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Like I said, I still have that goal of helping out millennials, transition, middle-aged people. I'm middle-aged myself, but it's just, I have that affinity for the senior years. I think the energy in which we bring anything, like our service, how we want to show up, it transcends a demographic. It's the thing that helps us connect with any human. And you have that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like to think it's a gift. I do. My mom and dad passed. My mom passed in June. And my dad passed during COVID. It was three years. And so I feel like I was, someone had a reflection on Facebook about grief. And it was just really simple. It was like that there are gifts that are still passed on. And those who have passed on leave you with the gifts of their presence. And it'll come about just in the evening or the morning or you're doing something. And that's what I carry with me is don't be sad because they've left. Yes, I'm sad. I miss them, but I revel in their presence. And when I have interactions um, with people and my clients, I just revel in that. Gosh, I think they're watching me. I think they gave me that extra. Do I really want to do this with this particular client? Um, I think moving forward, like I said, I, I hope to branch out not too quickly. I'm actually, I just signed a new client, a very big project for the next three to six months. And I'm actually going to be working with more contractors. I have my subcontractors that I farm things out to, but it's the first time that I will have not a staff person working with me, but someone that I'm trying to mentor myself, Mm. but they're doing a service for me so that I can help my client and not stretch myself too thin. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to see how that grows. Yeah. And just, I'm just so happy where I am right now. And I, I hope that I can be that mentor to someone someday, whether it's males, females, just that you can take this leap. You can take that next step Yeah. and it'll be worth it. Even in challenging times. Yeah. Because who opens a new business? (laughs) Who opens a new business during COVID? I don't know. People that are committed to the idea of being of service do. And you did. Yeah. 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 Where can people find out more about Palm? So they can go to my website, which is palm, P-A-L-M-service.com. Or they can find me on LinkedIn as Mimi parentheses, Cressy, my maiden name, Fredrickson. They can also go to my Facebook page, 
which is you just search Palm LLC and it'll come up. Awesome. I'm so glad we had this chat. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be impacted by it. Oh, thank you. And thank you for inviting me, Cass.